it's Destiny. Welcome back. So today is the last day of February. So it's the last day of Black History Month. Um, I will obviously continue to read stories, but they won't be under this theme anymore. So the last story we're going to read uh, from Black History Month will be A Ride to Remember, A Civil Rights Story. And it's by Sharon Langley and Amy Nathan. I love carousels. The horses come in so many colors. Black, white, brown, gray, a honey shade of tan, sunny yellow, fire engine red, or even soft baby blue. But no matter their colors, the horses all go at the same speed as they circle round and round. They start together, they finish together. Nobody is first, nobody is last. Everyone is equal when you ride a carousel. When I was a very little girl, my family lived in Baltimore. Near our house was this amusement park. It was green and grassy, big and beautiful, bright and shiny. There were rides and games and treats and cold drinks at Gwen Oak Amusement Park and a carousel too. But before I was born, there were no rides or sweets at that park for children like me. Was it because kids didn't have money to buy, buy tickets? I asked Mama. No, it wasn't about mom money, said Mama. Or was it because they lived too far away from the park? I asked. That wasn't the problem either, said Daddy. Then why? I wondered aloud. It was because of an unfair rule at the park, Daddy explained. The rule said that African Americans couldn't go on any of the rides. Could we go there and have a picnic or fly a kite, I asked. No, we could not, said Mama. We wouldn't have been welcome there, said Daddy. That's terrible, I said. Yes, it was, said Mama. It was segregation, keeping people apart because of their race, treating people differently because of the color of their skin, said Daddy. What about the golden rule, I asked. What about people treating other people the way they want to be treated? I guess some people forgot the golden rule is supposed to include everyone, said Mama. Hi, I just wanted to let you know that I created a Gmail account so that you could send me emails. I would love to hear where you're listening from. Anything that you would like to tell me, I'm open to, to reading your emails about it. And also, if you have any book recommendations, I would love to hear them. I'm going to let you know what it is right now. Are you ready? It's the title of the podcast, Beloved Children's Books at gmail.com. Again, Beloved Children's Books at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon. Bye! For a long time, black and white kids couldn't do many things together. They couldn't go to the same schools or the same restaurants and libraries or even sit together at the movies. It was the law. Why didn't somebody do something about those kind of laws, I asked. They did, said Mama. We did, said Daddy. 
Many people, both black and white, knew that segregation was unfair and just plain wrong. Some people said, just wait, times will change. But others said, why wait? What's wrong with now? They held protests at restaurants, stores, and movie theaters. They tried to get officials and courts to make new laws to create a better city, a place that would be welcome and include all people. By the time that I was born, some of those unfair laws had changed in Baltimore. Kids could go to the same schools and libraries, restaurants, and even some movie theaters, too, no matter the color of their skin. But the amusement park just wouldn't budge, said Daddy. People who were fed up with segregation made plans to hold a huge protest at the amusement park. They spread the word to churches, synagogues, schools, and other places in the community so that many people could take part in the protest. They invited the newspapers and television stations to report on the protest. They told the police chief about their plans so that the police could keep the peace. Best of all, they picked the perfect summer day for the big event. A day when people celebrated what's best about America, said Mama. What day do you think they chose? The 4th of July, I said. That's right, a day that stands for freedom, said Mama. Did they have fireworks, I asked. They had something even better. Hundreds of people, black and white, young and old, students, teachers, priests, ministers, and rabbis all came together on July 4th, 1963 to take part in one of the biggest protests the city had ever had, said Daddy. They believed in the golden rule, that being fair is the right thing to do, said Mama. First, the protests went to a church to pray. They sang some freedom songs and, get, and got ready. They spent the morning learning how to be peaceful protesters, how not to use their fists to fight back. They climbed onto buses to go to the amusement park. They brought signs and banners that declared their message of fairness for all. When the protesters reached the park, a crowd of angry faces greeted them. People who didn't want the park to change. They shouted insults at the protesters. The protesters just held their, their signs high and sang freedom songs. We shall overcome. The civil rights anthem filled the air, said Daddy. But when they tried to go into the park to buy tickets, blacks and whites together, the park's owners had the protesters arrested, said Mama. So they did what they had been taught to do, to protest peacefully. Some sat down on the ground and refused to move. Police officers had to carry them to the buses to take them to the police station. Mama and Daddy explained that almost 300 protesters were arrested that day. Some paid a fine and could go home, but half of them refused to pay their fines. They chose to spend the night in jail instead. When they went home the next day, they began planning another protest, two days later on July the 7th. Kids helped too, said Mama. A newspaper reporter even asked an 11-year-old, named 
Lydia Finney and her aunt Mabel Grant to go on a secret protest at the park. They both had light-colored skin, and he thought that the park's ticket-taker might not know they were black. So on the morning of the second protest, Lydia and her aunt walked right up to the ticket booth. They bought tickets and walked right in. They could have been arrested if any anyone found out who they were, but no one noticed. They stayed for two hours and went on some rides, including the carousel. When they left, protesters weren't there yet, but a reporter was. He interviewed them and wrote about their visit to show what a mistake it was to judge people by the color of their skin. When the protesters arrived for the second protest, police arrested nearly a hundred protesters, blacks and whites, who tried to enter the park together. Among the youngest taken to the police station were three young white boys who joined the protest with their parents, Tom, John, and Steve Coleman. Photos of these boys and their parents being arrested and put in the police car appeared in the newspapers the next day. Those photos shocked many people, said Mama, arresting a family for trying to ride a carousel. Ridiculous, I said. Exactly, said Mama. The stories about the protests in the newspaper and on television made more people decide that segregation had to go. So many people spoke out against the park that its owners saw that they had to change. The park owners agreed to let everyone come into the park, no matter their skin color. All arrest charges against the protesters were dropped, too. The first day that Gwyn Oak Amusement Park was opened to all was August 28, 1963, one month before my first birthday. Mama told me that at first she was afraid to take me to the park. Would it be safe? Would we be arrested? But she and Daddy decided that it was important for us to be there on that very first day as a family. So, on August 28, 1963, we were the first African-American family to walk into Gwen Oak Amusement Park when it was open to all. No angry faces greeted us, only smiling news reporters and photographers who rushed all around us. Daddy said that he marched me straight over to the carousel. He helped me onto a big, smiling horse. He put his arm around me and held onto my hand so that I wouldn't be afraid. Mama stood nearby, waving. Photographers jumped onto the ride with us. They took photos of Daddy and me because I was the first African-American child to go on a ride that day. Before the carousel started turning, white kids climbed onto the horses beside me. They were big kids and could probably ride by themselves, but one girl's mother and mother had asked Daddy to keep an eye on her daughter to make sure she didn't fall off her horse. Daddy was glad to help. He kept watch on all of us kids, keeping us all safe. The next day, newspapers had stories about my carousel ride. There was my name, Sharon Langley, right in the newspaper. There were photos of Daddy and me and the other kids riding with me. It had been a very big new day for everyone who was at the amusement park with us. August 28th was also an important day for a man who was trying to end unfair rules everywhere, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. 
On that very day, Dr. King was at a huge protest in Washington, the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. Hundreds of thousands of people joined him to call for, to an end for, for segregation everywhere. Dr. King told the crowd about his hopes and dreams that one day black children and white children would live together peacefully in this country, treating each other as brothers and sisters. My carousel ride showed that Dr. King's dream was starting to come true. That wasn't a long time ago. The amusement park isn't there anymore. A big storm destroyed many of the rides in Glen Oak Amusement Park, and it had to close. Now it's just a park where families have picnics on sunny afternoons and where neighborhood kids play ball on its green, grassy fields. There still stands a sign that helped people rem remember those who took a stand for justice there. The carousel came through the storm just fine, and it was moved to Washington, D.C. on the National Mall. It's fitting that it should be there, near the monuments that stand for freedom, not far from the Lincoln Memorial where Dr. Reverend Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stood to give his famous speech during the March on Washington. My name, Sharon Langley, was put on one of the horse's saddles and on one of the horseshoes, too. A sign on the carousel's fence tells about my ride to remember on that sunny day in August so long ago. Today, Big kids, little kids, young kids, old kids, no matter what the skin, the color of their skin, can ride on any carousel, going round and round on horses, painted all the colors of the rainbow. Nobody first, and nobody last. Everyone equal, having fun together. The end. I hope that you enjoyed this beautiful story. And that you have enjoyed all of the stories from Black History Month. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks for listening.